Hey, Andrew. Hey, Greg. Do you have something to say about Star Wars? Yeah, I hate it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's real bad now, isn't it? Man, you know, I, I finally watched Andor and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. Like on a number of levels. And I was like, this is what damn Star Wars should have been the past 10 years. And, and then, then what happened? And then I watched Mandalorian season three. Hmm. I already was not like super in love with season two. And even I think season one was a very like, you know, did some cool things. People fell in love with the baby Yoda and, you know, Pedro Pascal's charming, even though he's behind armor and whatever. But I think it was very much like, whoa, this is not Rise of Skywalker. So it's great. But in reality, it's not. It's season three is awful. Yeah. I mean, there's some cool parts. Did you finish it? No. Yet? Yeah. Um, I, 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 I really tried like to power through some just some just garbage episodes of television. And oh, I got to tell you, it was just <clears throat> I mean, it was already a little bit on thin ice after I like when I started episode one and it was showing stuff in the recap where I'm like, I saw episode or season two, right? Like I, what is this shit they're talking about? And how does he have the, the, the baby back again? Like, uh, last I remember that baby was leaving with Luke Skywalker, right? Mm. Uh, and now all of a sudden it's like, you've disgraced Mandalore and you gotta go to a cave. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I got, and then I realized like, oh, this is all shit that happened in like book of Boba Fett. And I was already pretty pissed. I was like, uh, you can't be doing this, guys. Like, make your show. There's it's one thing to have a cameo. But like, I thought we all learned our lessons from like the Marvel movies of like, try to keep things in their own lane, you know. But uh, but then just like trying to get through just like the oh, this went from a show for grownups to a show for babies in a in a way I did not anticipate. Yeah, like. Space pirates with like gook on their face. Seriously, is that what we're doing here in our <laughs> show for grownups? Not convinced it was ever a show for grownups, but I, uh, yeah, there's just so many things that, yeah, like in Book of Boba Fett, there's like two episodes that are just like these are just Mandalorian episodes they just stuck in the middle of Book of Boba Fett for no good reason. That, like you said, have a ton of like, oh, now they're back to like really crucial plot points that I don't think. If you want to have him in Book of Boba Fett, fine, but don't make it required watching, especially because that show is even worse than this show. Right. Um, just objective terrible in pretty much every way. Um, I still watched it because I hate myself, I guess. But, <laughs> but then, like, they're doing this thing, you know, and, the other, and there's a ton of connections, a ton of connections to, like, you know, the, the Clone Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. Filoni stuff, which, like, you know, I have a lot of friends who swear by them. I have watched... Enough clips on YouTube to say this is a show for babies. It might be a good show for babies, but I am not a baby and I don't really want to watch it because even like the most epic parts seem really dull. Yeah, it's a kid's show. <laughs> I don't like the animation style. You know, I'm not against. Obviously, we're going to we're going to spend the next two hours talking about animation. I'm not anti animation. It's just um, although I might be anti this anime, but it's just I'm not going to do it. You know, and well, yeah, I I, and I got that feeling a lot, too. Like, I remember in season two where they're starting to introduce characters like Bo-Katan and Asuka Tano. And I'm like, I don't know who these people are. 
I understand through osmosis that they are coming from like some of those post prequel animated shows, but that's all I knew and that's all I needed to know. Yeah, they were doing understand. the MCU thing of like, you know, they kind of give you the recap of who they are and what they're here to do and then we're moving forward and that's right. fine. But there have been so many times in Mandalorian season 3 where like the camera goes on some guy and it the, like the camera and the music cues and all of it are being like bump bump bum it's this guy and i'm like i have no fucking idea who this person is <laughs> and we and, and and the show devotes so much time and energy to like having this x-wing pilot have a cameo and i'm like i don't know who this is this person brings nothing to the story and I'm clearly missing context here. And we've moved to that point where like, oh, if you if you haven't done all the homework, you're just not going to get it. Like and we you know, when we were talking about it, like the line is the distinction is like when you're doing any of these cameos or references or stuff, it's like, oh, if you watch the Clone Wars, that's going to make this scene better. Right. But and on the other side of that line is if you didn't watch the Clone Wars, this scene gets worse. And we are all the way on that side of the line where I have no idea who these fucking characters are, what they have to do with anything. And the show expects me to. And that's very, very frustrating. Yeah. And I'm not going to do the homework. This show is not good enough for me to do the homework. No. And on top of that, it looks like shit most of the time. Ooh, fadufa. The writing garbage most of the time. Like, well, some of the performances are okay. But you I can actually only really can... like Katie Sackoff because she knows what show she's in and she's just like an enjoyable person to watch on screen. Yeah. And she knows how to sell Star Warsy dialogue. But yeah. a lot of the other actors in the show don't. And the director doesn't seem to know how to help them. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't get it because like, the people working on, I mean, like John Favreau is a good director. Like he makes good stuff and I respect him a lot. And I'm just like, what are we doing here, man? Like maybe just Filoni is just, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't, people have really hitched their part to him. And I'm just like, I don't get it. And now I'm going to get super curmudgeon in that it's like, you know, they're they're You know, I watched the, you know, they released some stuff at whatever Disney Expo our worst thing. I don't know one of these things, press things. And, you know, they released some trailers for some upcoming stuff and like a, a new roadmap. And, you know, there's some stuff I'm kind of interested in, but then it's like, oh, they're bringing in Thrawn from, and it's the same guy who played the voice. And I'm, and, and then in this season you didn't get there, but there's a scene where all like the remaining Imperial warlords, different, you know, sub factions of the empire, including, you know, uh, off Gideon, you know, and he's talking to them and they're all kind of bickering about different paths forward. Right. You've got like the proto first order people who are clearly, you know, doing their thing that's going to show up in the movies. And then you've got fucking deep pool here. But you'll add He was like basically in the old EU, uh, Great Admiral Thrawn's right hand man who goes on to eventually kind of become the new. He's never an emperor. They don't have an emperor in the Imperial Remnant in the old EU, but he becomes the guy in charge and he's a really well-respected and liked character because he kind of, like, guides the Imperial Remnant into being, like, a more neutral, like, not totally mustache-trolling villain kind of, you know, political player. It's just like, eh, we're kind of authoritative, but, authoritative, but, like, we're not 
capital E evil anymore. And we just are happy to in our little section of the galaxy and I'm kind of in charge. And but in that kind of like lawful, neutral kind of like you like this guy, like you want to like this guy generally. And he does generally good things. And to see him and know they're bringing in Thrawn and this Ahsoka. So I'm just like and you know, there's kind of hints that they're, you know, Filoni's getting a movie and maybe it's kind of going to be this like Thrawn focused thing. I'm like, oh, so you just doing a worse version of the old EU. And that really makes me mad <laughs> as someone who, you know, like bested a lot into that and then totally understood. It's like, you know, we want to restart Star Wars and we're not going to sit under the baggage of 30 years of books of varying quality and canon, you know, totally get that decision. But then the kind of like backstep into it and just worse, it's just like, no, don't right. fucking do that. Like, uh. and like, I thought, you know, I thought that like Mandalorian and Andor and a lot of these like TV properties were supposed to be a little bit more like self-contained and grounded, you know? Yeah. And now they're like, fuck that. Guess what? You had to watch another show. You had to watch a whole bunch of Cartoon Network shows. You have to have read a bunch of books that we already declared don't matter, but maybe they do. We, we're not sure. Like, it's just so... And it, it, and honestly, and also, like, I mean, the first two seasons of Mandalorian felt Star Warsy to me. Mm. I know this is very vague, but, like, they felt Star Warsy. It was a new setting. There was a new vibe, but it felt Star Warsy. Um, and now it doesn't even do that. It doesn't. It 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 feels it feels so phoned in and thrown together. Yeah. Like, oh, this is the this is the lead property. It's like they're just doing like the bad Marvel thing of like this is the lead property, so throw in everything yeah. into it. Because it almost seems like they wanted to just make like they should have transitioned this just done like one or two seasons of Mandalorian and then just start a new show that is just like, I don't know, it's just called like the new Republic or something. Right. And you're, you want to tell a bigger interconnected story. Fine. Like do that. Like, but this guy's supposed to be a bounty hunter, right? Yeah. The, 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 the he's not supposed to be at the center of all galactic politics, which is the mistake that star Wars always makes. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and I want to go back to the writing a little bit. Like, there is an episode or two or three or nine. I don't know. It felt like it took forever where they're on whatever desert planet with the, you know, like the little clan of Mandalorians mm -hmm. and like a dragon kidnaps a kid and they try to chase the dragon. And then they're like, ah, oh, we can't chase the dragon. Let's go home and make a whole plan that takes several. Like there's clearly at least one day night cycle in the process of them like making a plan and having like giving weird speeches to each other and doing the stupid, awkward thing of like, I'm the big gruff guy. I'm going to get up here and talk about why this is a bad idea until the very end of the speech when I say it's a good idea. <laughs> like we did that whole thing. And then like two weeks later, they're like, all right, let's go rescue that child from a hungry beast. <laughs> like what the what? What? I mean, it, the dialogue is often just atrocious and like has that very, very overwritten quality that so many of this stuff does where, you know, and I know that it's Star Wars. So like a lot of the dialogue is kind of elevated sometimes, but a lot of it doesn't quite always work. Uh, but just the, the macro writing, too, of like what happens in the plot is just so dumb. 
Yeah, and like uh, narratively, they just seem to have no idea what to do with these characters. Like, you've got this baby Yoda that, because of what you've established around this like creature's age and aging, it's like it's just a baby for probably thirty years or whatever because you know the slow aging species or something. And then you also have this, you know, Mandalorian who just like kind of went through his arc already. Yeah. And it's like, what are we? And like later, you know, in the season, they put like they they put to try and give uh, Grogu some some agency that like put him in the IG-88 robot. Like he drives it and does stuff. All right. And it's like, OK, like it's kind of goofy looking, but I'll allow it. And then like that explodes. And you're like, all right, well, I guess that's the end of that. Like I. They just clearly have no idea what to do with those two characters. And well, they really want to do like the Bo-Katan, you know, politics of the galaxy kind of stuff. But you're anchored by the Mandalorian Grogu and you're well, like, all right, well, we can't yeah, really do and that. It's then. like every time they try to they, it seems like they're having a development. They just go backwards. Like yeah. like you said, like, oh, we're going to give Grogu a mech suit. I'm like, all right, that, you know, that's a thing now. Uh, and then like, nah, never mind. Uh, or just like in where I left off, I think, cause I was just like, I can't watch this bullshit anymore. But like, we go through this whole, again, what felt like a three season arc, uh, probably only two episodes, but like of Bo-Katan, she's like, oh, I'm going to rejoin the Mandalorians. But she doesn't really seem like she cares all that much no. about like getting reaccepted by the tribe. It doesn't really seem like it's that big of a deal to her. And also, they're also kind of establishing like, yeah, there's a bunch of different sects of Mandalorians and some of them are weird about the helmet and some of them aren't. And she's from the group that isn't. And then like she accidentally does the redemption ritual and the lady's like, ah, you're you're a Mandalorian again. You can keep you can, you know, keep wearing your mask. Don't take your mask off. And she's like, "Okay, great. This is what I always wanted since five minutes ago. And that plot line did not landed all for me because like well, i actually thought it was clever before it was like oh no dude like you think you're part of the mandalorians but you're actually like the al-qaeda version of mandalorians yes. right like you're the death watch like cult you guys that, are like, the, the fundamentalists right and it's like oh that's kind of a nice twist to the story i like yeah. that but then at the end of the episode they're like the 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 chief the armorer whatever she calls bo katana and she's like hey i know you said i know i said you have to leave your mask on because you're like back in the cult or whatever but like don't worry about it you can stop wearing it yeah and it's like what like this is their thing and then like, right and then ugh. and then she's like she walks two paths I'm like this is such like i don't i'm not i'm not saying like oh the the, the the rules need to be very consistent i don't i don't really care about that but just like it's just such like boring and worthless writing because it's like Oh, so all that, everything we just did didn't really matter at all. Right. The, this was, this was, it didn't, nope, doesn't matter. It didn't actually, she, we're right back to where she, we started. She's off doing her own thing, like recruiting more Mandalorians. Okay, great. Uh, why? And also apparently off screen between season two and season three, she like became queen of the Mandalorians and then stopped being queen of the Mandalorians. Mm-hmm. Uh, all off screen great that sounded interesting um and then there's all this about who has the dark saber and who doesn't again a whole major developments that happened off screen um and then also just another like ooh, big development never mind where they're like oh yeah actually mandal the the, the planet mandalore is not actually like a poisoned hellhole right it's not you can go mm-hmm. back there it's fine like oh that's actually like that's that's a meaningful development in the plot. And you're like, oh, cool. We're going to go explore Mandalore. They're like, they go in a cave. 
They see a monster. They leave. Never mentioned again. Yeah. What are we doing here, guys? It's so confusing, you know, and there's like, again, there's like some cool parts. Like I liked the weird thing that captures them early. It captures him early where it's like sucking his blood out. And it's like this half droid side. Like that thing was cool. And I liked it. Uh, The last episode is mostly really dumb, but there's like some some like a kind of cool that piece in a way. Uh, But again, mostly dumb. And did you get did you watch the Coruscant episode that didn't have any Mandalorians in it? Yeah, it was it was fine. It was the most interesting episode that I watched in this season because it was at least trying to be like I I don't think it was like the most well executed, like uh, like the best execution of the premise. But I like the premise of like, you know, like, oh, it's not always, you know, New Republic and like this, you know, like, oh, it's got these like weird camps where they kind of like not reprogram people, but that's kind of the vibe. And it's like strange and i like yeah it was just like an interesting self-contained episode which also if you want to make a star wars show there's just like a bunch of just like pseudo self-contained episodes that kind of have a running like i'm also okay like with that kind of approach but yeah, like, like doing it in the middle of this season with basically no other connection was just like again what are we doing yeah i well but also that episode like yeah i felt it had i felt like it had some execution problems like i i don't know how you make you know coruscant is supposed to be like the bustling like super crowded uh cityscape but it still looked it was still very obvious that like they only had it's like we got six extras here yeah you know like that i mean um but also i was just like by the end of it once i kind of realized like oh this is like a total like cutaway episode um but i got to the end of it and i'm still wondering and again i'm not i don't think i'm picking the season back up but i'm like looking back like did any of that fucking matter it was just some stuff that happened like it kind of ties in towards the end but like barely yeah not enough to justify spending a whole episode on it i guess she's still kind of a spy yeah she's like a double agent or triple agent or whatever but it also didn't seem but i also didn't fully understand like i mean wow this sure was a uh sophisticated plan to kill that guy like is that what was that what she was trying to do just kill that guy it seems or like erase his memory but i I don't know it's like it's all about it's all hinging on like the cloning stuff and that's like that's the other thing that sucks is like they've really like leaned into like the cloning piece and clearly it's like supposed to be like a foreshadowing thing i think feloni's trying to do what he did with the prequels where it's like if i make this good stuff around it it'll enhance the kind of shitty prequels right i build this backstory and i think he's kind of trying to do that with rise like with the the sequels where it's like if i can build in more lead up to palpatine's return and all this stuff then it'll feel better and i'll like fix star wars again sure i mean maybe but like, but it was just, you know, it was this big convoluted plot for her to betray him. But what did she get out of it? Because it's not like she was stealing his cloning data or anything. I forget. There's some scene where she's like, they go to the course on again and she's there and she sends some fucking probe droid somewhere or something. But Yeah, but it just it seemed like remember. the big twist was like, oh, she's killing him. It's like, but why? Yeah, <laughs> but 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 why? It's not like he was on the verge of like giving away some information about Moff Gideon, who I guess isn't taken care of. I guess he's free again for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Again, off screen. Maybe that would have been interesting to see him breaking out of prison or whatever. Mm. That might have been a cool episode. Yeah. Uh, but instead, I got to watch uh, a bunch of kids in Mandalorian masks like play fight. Oof, Glad I got to see that. Yeah. Also, why? Are they having their training camp on the shores of a lake that is populated by giant mm. uh, child eating monsters? 
right? Mul- multiple of them, even. Yes. I like, do not know. Well, but and the, they clearly have like a cave system, and there's other places they could be. Like this just seems like a bad idea, guys. What is okay? I also just like there's just so many things that I'm just like I know this is partially just like Star Wars and building on a kids show, but just like why is it that like when they're like okay, Boba Fett, Boba Fett you know, in their eyes is so cool. We're going to make a whole culture on him. All right, fine, whatever. Even though he's not really part of it and doesn't really take part in that process. Fine. But it's like, why does every Mandalorian have the exact same gear? It doesn't look the same, but it's like everyone's got a flamethrower and a jetpack and a little zip tie thingy do that. And it's like, why is that? Like, why is it all the same? It'd be way cooler if, I mean, like the one guy's got that big Gatlin gun, which is cool. But like outside of that, it's like, isn't this your time to just like, Make a bunch of cool Star Wars shit. Like, isn't that kind of the point? More the merchandise. Gatling gun that doesn't actually fire or it doesn't actually spin when it fires. Correct. Yeah. Which just looks it just looks cheap and looks yeah. bad and dumb. Yeah, and it weird. all looks cheap and bad. Like, he's um, the most unique because his armor, he's a little bulkier and like his armor looks cool and, and he's a little more like Space Marine vibes. But like, yeah, it looks cheap. And it's just like, why? Why is this? Oh, the you should just watch the last episode because it's just like so ridiculous and stupid. It's like the the basic thing is that like, oh, Moff Gideon's been on Mandalore the entire time and he's mined all the Beskar and made all these troopers that are basically Mandalorians, but obviously not as good. But like they're all wearing like thousands of them in like full Mandalorian armor. And it's like, what? Like and he's in like a Darth Vader suit. And it's just like, oh, my God, like it's so dumb. Although they, which is they do crash a Star Destroyer into the planet, which was cool. That's OK, cool but I could I could watch that. That was kind of cool, but it was just like ugh, so bad. Yeah, so bad. I um, but also, OK, like, all right, you're going to give you're going to give him an army of like pseudo Mandalorians, which wasn't there like a whole period of uh like uh some kind of uh, well, wasn't that what they were doing with the clone troopers? Like, oh, what if it's a whole army of Boba Fett's? Basically, yeah. Oh, good. Let's do it again. Yeah, it's not. It is not good storytelling and it is just really boring and bland. And I don't know if this is it, it kind of maybe implied that, like, they're not going to do more Mandalorian. I, I don't know. It didn't announce anything. I know they're doing the Ahsoka show and they're going to do, you know, some other things. I, I mean, I'm kind of interested in, in like they announced they're doing a, you know, a post sequel movie or, you know, with Daisy Ridley back. I'm like, like. As much as I fucking hate those movies, I'm like kind of interested if they can try and salvage it, but with like better direction. But I liked her. But yeah, I'm just it's it's stupid and dumb. And they just clearly do not have have said this a thousand times, but doubling down like they don't have a sense of direction. They don't have a sense of like organization for their storytelling. And it's just honestly poorly made. I mean, like watching Andor is just like I mean, there's like multiple scenes where it's talking about on Coruscant, where it's like we're spending many minutes talking about Mon Mothma's tax return and it's riveting. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just well done. You know, it's just like, oh, it makes sense. Like she's trying to siphon money to the rebellion and she's trying to figure out how to do it without getting caught as the empire gets becomes more and more autocratic and there's less and less protections. It's just like it's a really interesting and it's like her husband's like not really on the right side. So it's personal. And like you just build a couple layers and it's like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> it almost really felt like a big fuck you to like the prequels. because It was like it's not that people didn't want to watch setting per- Senate proceedings and have the political aspect. It's just that it's dumb and boring. Right. It's because George <laughs> Lucas tried to try to make a movie that was at one. Like he tried to make a movie that had these like political thriller undertones 
but also it's a big dumb kids movie for babies right with pod racing and jar jar and all that other stuff like you can't have both (laughs) (laughs) no you absolutely cannot you can't uh if you if you want to make the political machinations interesting you have to tell your story in a in a way that kind of precludes uh oh no jar jar got his tongue stuck in electricity <laughs> um um uh, well look i will say this um there is one good star wars property out there at the moment uh and that is the new uh video game the uh jedi survivor i started playing fallen order yes which is um, good and yeah. jedi survivor is all of that and better that's good i, I heard it was not getting great reviews initially because it was the, the pc launch was rough buggy as hell from my uh, understanding okay. got it that'll uh, the, do it the uh <laughs> the playstation the ps5 version is is uh i mean it's not completely not buggy um i was just playing today and i defeated like a, a pretty major boss and you know you have your you fight the guy and then there's the cutscene where like you know we're having a conversation about honor and you know maybe he should join up uh and he's asking for a warrior's death and all that but like his sprite just kept like flickering in and out of position <laughs> like as this scene is going on <laughs> yeah like it's like he all of a sudden he's halfway through the floor all of a sudden he's halfway off camera like it was bizarre but anyway the game itself is very good both from a just a video game ass video game stuff but also like um it feels like a very good star wars story yeah i need to get back into phone order because i'm starting to hit that point where it's been so long since i last played that i'm starting to forget how to play and in a game like that you know where it's actually like a little challenging yeah um souls light maybe you might call it yes um you know it's you need to stick to it whereas the other games you can kind of bounce off of so yeah yeah, i really liked the like the first bit i played i played a couple hours and i'm like oh like this game looks good it feels good it seems to have both you know it's got good character like voice acting like actual actors can you know who do well at that like i don't forget his name but the guy from uh shameless Mm -hmm. the main character it's like oh this is is cool so yeah like you can and that's again like androids like you can make star wars can still be good it's just that the majority of it is not coming out in a way that's that's so they're not executing it well yeah and like mandalorian was worked very well because it kept the scale small and the problems you know like they're like oh it's just this guy and he's just a he's just a mandalorian he's just like a guy who's good at shooting and, and fighting and um and he's up against you know odds that are you know should be overwhelming but he's going to overcome them but then it's like when you're scaling it up to like all of a sudden moff gideon has a thousand beskar armor troopers it's like well that doesn't really seem like a problem that the mandalorian can solve (laughs) this seems like now this has just become mainline star wars again you know like we're gonna have to have big space battles and also didn't we already have like back in season two moff gideon has built an army of special troopers Yep. And that was supposed to be the thing like I they were robots. Oh, okay. I just really think that like the way season two ended, it was a good way to like they should have just stopped the show there and then just make a new bigger show. Like, right. You know, because you you started to introduce some bigger stuff at the end with Bo-Katan and stuff and Boba Fett. And it's like, okay, you could do just transition that into something else. Because like, I think, you know, that ending was good of like, you know, showing his face and him going off with Luke and he had kind of got him where he needed to be. That's a nice ending. It's like, yes, no, he just comes back because this makes money. And that's just like, it feels like that 100%. And then they're just on this weird hamster wheel of like, 
what are we doing here? Right. Or season three should have been, uh, you know, Mando and Grogu get reunited somehow. Like if, if, right. if, if the argument is that the formula doesn't work without Grogu, OK, fine. But like it should be about them getting back together, you know? Yeah. First like, three episodes are, you know, in parallel yeah. where Grogu's training, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, and and don't watch Book of Boba Fett. It's terrible. But like uh, the last bit of that just turns into Mandalorian season 2.5. And kind of like the whole last set piece is really heavily focused on uh, Jinjar and, and Grogu. Like it's weirdly focused on that where it feels like you're watching a different like you're watching Mandalorian not Boba Fett you're yeah like, isn't this Boba Fett show and like I don't know they could have ended it and still have him around like you know on the sidelines be a cameo like it'd be right. cool every once in a while they're like you know they're on a different show they're like oh we need to get somebody to find this guy and like he's like oh I know a guy and it makes a little noise you know like the like little motif for his yeah you know, and it's like that would be that would work great that's the Marvel thing right or you know, bring him in for episode and two and he's He's what Boba Fett should be, right? The cool bounty hunter that shows up sometimes, but is a little bit, you know, dark, edgy, but how hard of gold kind of thing, you know. But also he has no characterization in season three. No. Like all of that, you know, all of that character that was built up of this guy who's kind of like trying to recommit himself to, you know, to, you know, he's he's this stranger, you know, this kind of weird weird guy doesn't fit in and you know um he's trying to balance like his code versus you know what what life is throwing at him and uh everywhere he goes he's like a stranger and an outcast you know like uh all of that stuff that made him interesting let's just we're not bothering with any of that like he just doesn't have any character moments in the show it's all just him being around while some clone wars characters wink at each other (laughs) <laughs> okay remember this huh huh and i'm like i don't yeah anyway yeah. that's our star wars corner our star wars corner half hours worth <laughs>